0: Book Three, Chapter Eleven of the Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Laura Riley. The Heavenly Twins by Sarah Grand. Book Three, Chapter Eleven. The Heavenly Twins had disappeared for the night. Those who ran round to the outside wall of the sacristy to look for them found only a shred of Angelica's gown hanging on a shrub. Their footsteps could be followed, cutting across the grass of a soppy lawn, but beyond that was a walk of hard asphalt, and there all trace of them was lost. But Lady Fulda said they must be found, and brought back, and sleepy servants were accordingly aroused, and set to search the grounds, while grooms were sent off on horseback to scour the lanes. The storm was still muttering in the distance, but above Mornay the sky had cleared, and the crescent moon shone out to facilitate the search. It was quite fruitless, however, for Mornay to Morningquest the messengers went, passing backward and forward from the castle the whole night long." Lady Fulda never closed her eyes, and when the party assembled at breakfast next morning, they were all suffering from want of sleep. The Duke, Lord Dawn, Dr. Galbraith, Mr. Ellis, Father Ricardo, and the four strange priests were at table. "'What can have become of those children?' Lady Fulda was exclaiming for the hundredth time, when the door opened— AND THE TWINS THEMSELVES APPEARED, HAND IN HAND, smiling AFFABLY. THEY LOOKED AS FRESH AS USUAL, AND BEGAN TO PERFORM THEIR MORNING SALUTATIONS WITH THEIR HABITUAL SELF-POSSESSION. WHERE HAVE YOU BEEN? THE DUKE ASKED STERNLY. IN BED, OF COURSE. ANGELICA ANSWERED. TILL WE GOT UP, AT LEAST. WHERE ELSE SHOULD WE BE? SHE LOOKED ROUND IN INNOCENT INQUIRY. "'We just ran round to the garden door, you know,' Diavolo explained, and went to bed. "'You couldn't expect us to stay out on a dripping night like that.' Lord Dawn afterward expressed the feeling of the whole household when he declared, "'Well, it never did, and it never would have occurred to me to look for them in their own rooms.' He remained behind with them in the breakfast room that morning when the others withdrew. "'I suppose we shall be sent for directly,' said Angelica resignedly. Diavolo grinned. "'I say, how did you feel last night, when it was all going on?' she inquired. "'Awfully nice,' he rejoined. I had little warm shivers all over me. "'So had I,' she said, like small electric shocks. And I believed in the ghost and everything.' I expect that is why that kind of supernatural business is kept up, because it makes people feel creepy and nice. You can't get the same sensation in any other way, and I dare say there are lots of people who wouldn't like to lose a whole set of sensations. I should think they're the kind of people who collect the remains of a language to save it when it begins to die out. I should say those were intelligent people, her uncle observed. Angelica looked at him doubtfully. Well, at any rate, I should like to believe in ghosts, said Diavolo. So should I, said Angelica. In fun, you know. And I was thinking so last night. But then I could not help noticing what a fool Aunt Falda was making of herself, and Grandpapa looked such a precious old idiot, too. They weren't enjoying it a bit. You were the only one "'of the family, Uncle Don, who believed and looked dignified. "'Who told you I believed?' he asked. "'Well, I'm not sure that you did,' Angelica answered. "'But at all events your demeanour was respectful, hence the dignity, perhaps.' "'If yours were a little more respectful, you would gain in dignity too, I imagine,' "'Diavolo observed. Angelica boxed his ears promptly.' "'whereupon her uncle took her to task with unusual severity for him. "'You are quite grown up now,' he said. "'You talk like a mature woman, "'and act like a badly brought-up child of ten. "'You are always doing something ridiculous, too. "'I should be ashamed to have you at my house.' "'Angelica looked amazed. "'Well, it is your fault as much as anybody's.' "'She burst out when she had recovered herself.' Why don't you make me something of a life? You can't expect me to go on like this forever, getting up in the morning, riding, driving, lessons, dressing, and bed. It's the life of a lapdog. She got up, and going to one of the windows, which was open, leant out. Dawn and Diavolo followed her. As the former approached, she turned and looked him full in the face for an answer. "'You will marry eventually,' he began. "'Like poor Edith?' she suggested. Don compressed his lips. "'That was her ideal,' Angelica proceeded. "'Her own home and husband and family, "'someone to love and trust and look up to. "'She told me all about it at Fountain Towers "'under the influence of indignation and strong tea. "'And she was an exquisite womanly creature.' No, thank you. It isn't safe to be an exquisite womanly creature in this rotten world. The most useful kind of heart for a woman is one hard enough to crack nuts with. Nobody could wring it then. You would lose all finer feeling, Lord Dawn began. Including the heartache itself, she supplemented. But what do you want? he asked. An object, she answered. "'Something, something, something beyond the mere getting up in the morning "'and going to bed at night, with an interval of exercise between. "'I want to do something for somebody.' "'Lord Dawn raised his eyebrows slightly. "'He had no idea that such a notion had ever entered her head. "'At this point a servant was sent by his grace to request the twins "'to be so good as to go to him in the library at once.' "'It is the inevitable inquiry,' Angelica said resignedly. "'Come with us, Uncle. Do,' she coaxed. "'It is sure to be fun.' Lord Dawn consented. On the way, Diavolo remarked ambiguously, "'But I don't understand yet how there came to be a ghost as well.' The inquiry led to nothing. The Heavenly Twins had determined not to incriminate themselves, and they refused to answer a question." They stood together, drawn up in line, with their hands behind their backs, changed from one leg to the other when they were tired, and looked exceedingly bored, but they would not speak. The duke stormed, Lady Falda entreated, Father Ricardo prayed, even Lord Dawn begged them not to be obstinate, but it was all in vain, and their grandfather, losing all patience, ordered them out of the room at last as they retired diavolo asked father ricardo if he were thinking of thumb-screws i feel quite sure that angelica did not know the doll was there lord dawn said when the twins had gone i fancy it was a trick diavolo had played her nobody mentioned the ghost again it was felt to be a delicate subject lady Faldo was made to take rest and a tonic the duke was rigidly dieted and Father Ricardo was sent away for change of air. But the twins never ceased from troubling. As soon as the duke's temper was restored, they consulted the party collectively at afternoon tea in the Oriel room on the subject of Angelica's dissatisfaction. Diavolo affected to share it, but that was only by way of being agreeable, as he inadvertently betrayed. I suppose I shall have to do something myself, he drawled in his lazy way. I should think marriage is the best profession for you, said Angelica scornfully. Thank you, I will consider the question, Diavolo answered. He was lying on the floor in his habitual attitude, with his head on the window sill, beaming about him blandly. The army is the only possible profession for a gentleman in your position the duke observed. Ah, uh, that would not meet my views at present, Diavolo rejoined. I am advised that the army is not a career for a man. It is a career for a machine, for a machine with a talent for converting other men into machines, and I haven't the talent. I suppose if Uncle Don won't marry, I shall be obliged to go into the House of Lords eventually. But in the meantime I should like to be doing some good in the world. You might go into Parliament, his uncle suggested. Ah, no, Diavolo answered, seriously. I should never dream of undertaking any of the actual work of the world, while there are plenty of good women to do it for me. My modest idea was to be a musician, or a philanthropic lecturer, or artist of some kind. Something that gives pleasure, you know and the proceeds to be devoted to the indigent. "'May I ask if you belong to the peace party?' said the duke. "'I am a peace party myself,' Diavolo answered. "'Anybody who has lived as long with Angelica as I have would be that, if he were not a party in pieces.' "'I admire your wit,' said Angelica sarcastically. Diavolo bestowed a grateful smile upon her but everything is easy enough for a man of intellect, she went on, whatever his position. It is our powers that are wasted. Vanity, vanity, said Lady Falda. Why do you suppose that your abilities are superior? I can prove that they are, Angelica answered hotly. Then suddenly her spirits went up, and she began to be sociable. For a few days after this, the Heavenly Twins appeared to be very busy. They both wrote a great deal, and also practiced regularly on their violins and the piano, and they made some mysterious expeditions, slipping away unattended into Morningquest. It was suspected that they had something serious on hand, but Father Ricardo being away, the spy system was suspended, so nobody knew. One morning, however, Big placards which had been printed in London appeared on every hoarding in Morning Quest, announcing in the largest type that Miss Hamilton Wells and Mr. Theodore Hamilton Wells would give an entertainment in the theatre for the benefit of certain of the city charities, which were specified. The programme opened with music, which was to be followed by a speech from Mr. Theodore Hamilton Wells, and to conclude with a monologue entitled the condemned cell to be delivered by miss hamilton wells who had written it specially for the occasion this was the news which greeted mr hamilton wells and lady adeline upon their return from their voyage round the world and like everybody else when they first saw the placard which was as they drove from the station through morningquest to the castle they exclaimed, Who on earth is Mr. Theodore Hamilton-Wells? The old Duke was rather taken with the idea of the entertainment. It was something quite in the manner of his youth, and if it had not been for the inopportune arrival of his son-in-law and daughter, the Heavenly Twins would probably have carried out their program under his distinguished patronage. Dr. Galbraith was all in favor of letting them do it, Lord Dawn was neutral, but Mr. Hamilton Wells objected. He caused the announcement to be cancelled, and handsomely indemnified the various charities named to be recipients of the possible proceeds. Diavolo did not much mind. He was prepared to do all that Angelica required of him, but when the necessity was removed, he acknowledged that it would have been rather a bore, and afterwards spoke disrespectfully of the whole project as the condemned cell. Angelica raged, but the energy which Mr. Hamilton Wells had collected during his travels was not yet expended. He summoned a family council at Mornay to sit upon the twins, and having tried them in their absence, they were sent for to be sentenced without the option of appeal. Angelica was to be presented at court— and otherwise brought out, in proper splendor immediately, while, with a view to going into the guards eventually, Diavolo was to be sent to Sandhurst as soon as he had passed the necessary examinations, about which Mr. Ellis said there would be no difficulty if Diavolo chose. Diavolo shrugged his shoulders and said that he didn't mind. Angelica said nothing, but her brow contracted. Diavolo's indifference was putting an end to everything. It was not that she had any actual objection to going to court and coming out, but only to the way in which the arrangement had been made, to the coercion, in fact. She was too shrewd, however, not to perceive that, in consequence of Diavolo's attitude, rebellion on her part would be both undignified and ineffectual. So she held her peace, and went to walk off her irritation in the grounds alone. And there she encountered her fast friend of many years' standing, Mr. Kilroy of Ilverthorpe, who was just riding in to lunch at the castle. When he saw her, he dismounted, and Angelica snatched the whip from his hand, and, clenching her teeth, gave the horse a vicious slash with it, which set him off at a gallop into the woods. Mr. Kilroy let him go, but he was silent for some seconds, and then he asked her in his peculiarly kindly way, What is the matter, Angelica? Marry me, said Angelica, stamping her foot at him. Marry me, and let me do as I like. End of Book Three, Chapter 11